What up, y'all? Welcome to Queer Walk the Podcast. This is Money, your friendly creator, and hopefully I'm able to sprinkle just a little bit of laughter and glitter over all of the fuckery that's been going on. Love your chocolate demeanor and your cocoa kisses. I see your glow from a distance. Your vow to sight, my submission. I give you all of me. Wanna make you proud of me. We see the God in all you do. Your light is harmony. Hey, every type, darkest night, brightest light. I'm loving your soul. They hate you. Alright, so first I need to start this episode because I always forget at the beginning of every episode to tell y'all where y'all can find us and how to support the podcast and keep it going. Um, you can hit the PayPal link at paypal.me slash queerwoc. Um, every donation, y'all, goes directly to supporting the continuation of this. SoundCloud does not pay for itself. Um, and as mostly I know, I'm working on my PhD, which equates poverty. So <laughs> um, I'm pretty broke. So that every little bit would help. And also sharing the episode. So retweeting it if I post it on Twitter or just sharing it on SoundCloud, iTunes, giving it um, ratings, you know, all that stuff. Um, you can find us everywhere. It's Queer Rock everything. Um, so QueerRock.com is like the hub. That's where you can jump off into everything else. Um, we're on Twitter at Queer Walk Pod. I actually do have an Instagram page for the podcast. And it's just Queer Walk, Queer W-O-C. And if you have any topics, questions, Queer Walks of the Week recommendations, any of those kind of things, you can submit it to QueerWalkPod at gmail.com. That's Queer, W-O-C-P-O-D, at gmail.com. And I'm excited to get those uh, because, y'all, I'm not going to lie, I be struggling to come up with stuff, um, especially topics, because I'm like, y'all can't hear about my trash-ass dating life every two weeks. Or maybe you can, because really... I- <laughs> I have that many tragedy stories to share regarding um, dating. But yeah, if y'all can submit anything there. Also, coming up on um, August 20th, you can actually catch Queer Walk live um, in these Brooklyn streets if you're in the area. Um, And I know that a lot of folks are like pretty spread out shit. Even me, Syracuse is a four hour drive in good traffic um, from Brooklyn. But if you're in that area, I'll be there all weekend. So hit me up, even if you can't make it to um, the live uh, Queer Walk, but it's going to be, I'm going to be at um, the Bonfire Radio fourth annual audio festival. And it's just going to be lit. I mean, I can't imagine 10, like 12 hours from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. of just uh, live Everything. So there's going to be DJs, bands, um, storytellers, and of course, podcasts. And so I'm going to be there doing a live show of Queer Walk. And y'all, I have no idea what I'm going to talk about. So if if y'all have any suggestions for topics, please shoot them my way. Thankfully, my best friend agreed to come with me to be kind of like, you know, my, my wing person so that I can bounce energy off her because I don't know what I'm going to do. I was thinking, I'm like, all right, so I'm going to just do this like... Uh, I'm talking to my friends because that's how I talk to y'all anyway. But if you have any <laughs> any suggestions that, you know, that way I won't go into this super cold, um, let me know. And Or if you want to hear like some kind of Queer Walk hot take on something, you can submit that too to QueerWalkPod at gmail.com. Um, but yes, yeah, so if you are in the area and you do want to come to the Bonfire Radio 
fourth annual audio festival. I'm going to put the uh, link in the description box of this. Um, but I'm pretty sure if you just Google Bonfire Radio, it'll take you right to their website. Uh, TK and them are like A1 on branding. I aspire to be as epic as them with the branding. Um, the tickets are $25. I had posted a coupon code like earlier, like last week. Um, but since the show is bi-weekly, I didn't get to like shout it out on an episode yet. Uh, and if you missed that coupon code, I'm pretty sure it's inactive now. My bad. Um, but it is $25 for a whole day party on a roof in Brooklyn. So um, I think that's pretty affordable. Um, but it would be great to meet some of y'all if you're in the area. So please swing through. Okay. Queer Walk of the Week this week. How could I give it to anybody else but uh, to Kia Thompson? Um, who is the um, protester, resistor, black god uh, that put the rope around the Confederate um, uh, statue's neck in Durham, North Carolina. And then it was subsequently pulled down by other um, protesters. And just with everything that has been going on, um, like that, that moment gave me like hope and chills at the same time. So I was too hype to see this black queer woman um, climbing up on this, uh, you know, monument to all things racist uh, and um, oppressive in this society and putting a rope around his neck. Like I'm snapping and just like, yes, bitch, yeah, here we go. You know, black queer women out here always trying to save y'all lives, trying to teach y'all some shit. Um, but she was arrested after that. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm a little unclear because I wanted to play this clip from um, her interview on NPR. And I'm not sure if she's still, she's still in jail or if she's been released. But y'all know how being locked up goes. It's never that easy of just like, okay, they just let you go. Um, and I'm just going to say, even if she is out, protect her at all costs. Um, y'all also know how that goes. So, yeah, they let her out, but now suddenly she's, you know, randomly getting stopped by police all the time. Don't let shit like that happen. Look out for black queer women, y'all. Especially because we be out here always trying to um, heal everybody and get everybody free with us. Um, and so I wanted to play this clip. I don't own this clip. It is from Democracy Now. Um, it is a interview that Takia gave. Um, but I think it's dope as fuck. Uh, it's really short. And if you want to follow her, because she's been tweeting all day and I've been living for her tweets. Um, uh, her at is unruly baby hair. Um, sp- everything is spelled correctly. Unruly baby hair. Uh, I decided to climb to the top of the Confederate uh, soldier's uh, statue and put the rope around his neck and throw the rope down to the crowd and the crowd could decide if they wanted to pull it down or not and i did this um because uh the statue is a symbol of nationalism and it's a symbol of white nationalism and the type of white nationalism i'm talking about is the type of white nationalism that um is sending me death threats on facebook 
I'm talking about the type of white nationalist that, you know, has killed a woman in a protest. Um, we're talking about the type of white nationalism that would drive a car at high speeds into a crowd of women and children. And um, I think vestiges of that, and I think anything that emboldens those people and anything that gives those people pride needs to be crushed in the same way that they want to crush black people and the other groups that they target. She did it because she free, you know, <laughs> and reminiscent of Brie Newsome. Um, and that's another thing. Like, I definitely wanted to make Takia Queer Walk of the Week because we don't often get the names of black queer women or um, like queer women of color in general who are out here day after day fighting for our liberation. So I definitely wanted to, to say her name um, while she's still here to hear it. Uh, yeah, she's 22 years old, bomb as fuck, you know, and has like a really sharp critique on like anti-racism organizing, uh, and is also like tweeting stuff from the Workers World Party. Um, and this might be really nerdy for, for some of y'all out there. Like, we won't, bitch, but what are you talking about? Um, so the Workers World Party, uh, is a very old anti-racist, anti-capitalist, um, party. And they have their own newspaper. They run... Uh, a black woman for president the last two times. Um, they're just a dope as fuck party. And if, if I think it's amazing to me that the youth, even though I'm not much older than Takia, but if the youth um, know about Workers World Party, that there seems to be some hope in the struggle. And so, yeah, I was really excited to see her up there and just had to big her up for Queer Walk of the Week. And Solange had her on the Instagram story, so you already know it's lit. But with that level of visibility also comes vulnerability. And I especially think about this for, um, it feels weird to say visibly queer, but um, maybe maybe gender nonconforming is a, a better word or whatever. You know, like clockable queers, um, especially for those in our community who are like clockable queers. It's it's definitely even even more vulnerable. Um, so I was just put out call to like I, I'm always saying this, but like check on people legitimately and protect her, protect Takia. Um, and you are queer walk of the week. I salute you, girl. So community contributors this week, I'm going to do it a little different because I'm actually thinking about going in a different direction with the Tumblr page. Uh, You know, I was the whole reason why I started the podcast is because y'all was submitting so many questions um, to the Tumblr page that I couldn't get to uh, because I was always typing a paper. But now it's like I'm done with courses and (laughs) the questions have slowed. So um, now I just get y'all flawless selfies. And as much as I love those, uh, they don't really help me get like content for the page or new ideas for the podcast. So I, I'm thinking about going a different direction with the Tumblr page. And so because of that, my community contributors this week are actually going to come from people who have, um, in the words of Queen of the Ring, rep the brand <laughs> and put Queer Walk like, out there for their circle of folks to see um and it's like a domino effect because i logged in the other day and i was like i got 30 plays today that's wild because i'll get like 30 plays on a day that i release an episode but it's brand new for me to still be doing numbers and i haven't released no new episodes (laughs) and most of those plays came from it's a melanin thing and hate all the boys i'm pretty sure that's how i say both of those handles um 
they pretty much listened and re- liked and reblogged all 20 episodes that I've done. And so uh, thank y'all so much for doing that because through sharing it on your SoundCloud, your folks also saw a queer walk and got to listen. Um, thank you for all the comments um, and the support on that end. Um, I also wanted to big up community contributors, uh, Princess Poppy, who has been supporting from Tumblr and is now supporting on SoundCloud. I see you. And this is She Daily, who is the homie Nina B. Um, And I just wanted to um, shout her out because we have a Queer Walk group chat. And she's always, I feel like she's the glue of the group. She's always checking on everybody. Um, She she does like this sunshine stuff in the group, you know, that keep it. And I think it, it, it breathes like a life into the group that sometimes y'all, y'all know, I'm, I'm just like, woe is the world sometimes. And it, it really helps to have her in the group. Love her so much. This week's uh, mental moment with money. Um, I'm actually not going to get him. Well, this is kind of in my therapy bag because uh, I actually discovered this uh, suggestion for a mental moment uh, through therapy for black girls. Cause I was trying to see how I can get listed on their directory. And I found this, um, Instagram page, melanin and mental health. And y'all, I love this Instagram page. It's just all things, uh, black and mental health. And they post, you know, anything from respectable accomplishments of black folks to, uh, ratchet excellence. Um, and I really love that. I love that they show uh, blackness of, across um, how broad it is because, you know, a lot of spaces, especially mental health spaces dedicated to black folks, still follow in this very uh, respectable um, vein. And there's no space for like Cardi B <laughs> or me, shit. Um, and, so, and so I really appreciate that uh, Melanin and Mental Health does that. They post everything from like fly ass natural hair pictures to um, the the three liner poems that are really co- common and popular right now to like t shirts that you need to cop everything um, and it's really great uh, so I suggest that you follow them on Instagram it's melanin and mental health all spelled out I'll put it in the description. All right, so for the topic this week. Um, I wanted to respond to a comment, actually, on the last episode, Cis People Ain't Shit, uh, which I still stand by, um, and actually even more, even more so um, after this comment. But I did want to address it because it's not the first time I've heard it, um, and so I just wanted to, to get a little bit into it. So the comment came from the PLP podcast. And they commented on the Cis People Ain't Shit episode. And I'm just going to read the comment. So it's possible to believe you're born in the wrong gender, but not the wrong race? Question mark. One can be changed and one clearly can't. But if a few decades ago, homosexuality or gender identity issues were seen as mental illness, could also not day be a real condition? I don't believe so, but as we as a society are taught to be more open, could this not possibly happen? And that's the end of the comment. Um, so what I think the gist of that was getting at, and shout out to um, Missy Issa Moore. I think that's your name. You responded to that comment. But because the because the podcast is bi-weekly, I feel like 11 days go by before I actually get 
to some shit. Um, you responded, but I I wanted to respond as uh, what to what I thought the gist of th- what they were saying. Um, so what it feels like they were alluding to is this transracialism, right? And I, I y'all, I'm a little shocked because I I didn't know that anybody post Rachel Dolezal was still confused about why transracialism isn't a thing. Um, but okay, let me, let me back up. Right. So cis people ain't shit. And I'm really, it, it really, I, I try to walk this fine line because I don't want to speak for or, or over, um, trans women who are do, like just out here doing this shit all the time. I tell y'all how much I love Raquel Willis. Go Google her, read some of her stuff. Um, Janet Mock is, has, I mean, post Breakfast Club, she literally has written two books about it. Like, y'all, um, they out here. So I just, I feel uncomfortable speaking from a place of like, here's why you should move your ideas around transness. But I honestly feel like that's, that's some of the privilege that I need to lean into as a, um, as a cis person or a person who identifies, um, with the gender I was assigned at birth, the sex I was assigned at birth, um, that I need to be calling out some of y'all. Cause so I always tell people collect their cousins. So cis people, y'all are my cousins, whether y'all problematic fucked up or not. Like I have to own that. I have to like, it's the same conversation we have around, you know, white people at the dinner table, collect your, uh, your cousins. It's the same thing I have to do with cisgender people, right? Because I don't want another one of my trans siblings to run into one of y'all fucked up motherfuckers and end up losing their life over it. And so if I, if, if you can hear it more from me as a cis person, all right then, I'm going to use that space and do that. And I completely open and welcome myself to being checked by a trans person, someone who identifies as trans, to be like, girl, step that back a little bit. You still cis, stay in your lane. I, I mean, I'm open to that. But... My response uh, to this comment. So, first of all, transracialism is not a thing. And I will get there, but just bear with me for a second. It's not a thing. Um, But I feel like it's always brought up to dehumanize and discredit trans people. I never hear people talk about no transracial shit in support of it or could it be a thing unless it's to discredit um, trans identities and it reminds me of there's this episode of the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt where they were like I'm trans ghost or some shit like that like it's the same thing it's this joke this parody of something that you bring up to dehumanize and discredit trans folks um and so so the so here's an example of that like why did you feel that you needed to post a comment about transracialism on an episode called cis people ain't shit I have 19 other episodes where I pretty much drag cis people, <laughs> like whether it's because of your homophobia or your transphobia, you could have commented that on any other episode. Um, and maybe this was the first time you ever heard of my little ass podcast, but um, I think it's really important to interrogate why it was important to comment that comment on an episode called Cis People Ain't Shit. Um, and, and so this kind of... Th- this is going to be a tangent, but it's kind of related. Um, 
after, so the reason why I did that episode was because of the response after um, the Breakfast Club interview with uh, Lil Do Who um, and misgendering Janet Mock and discrediting her and dehumanizing her and erasing her experience and joking about murdering trans women. And But what stood out for me most after that um, and I was talking, actually talking to my friend about this, is the way that people got to this conversation, not about um, black cis men should stop murdering trans women, black trans women, but about black trans women need to disclose that they're trans. <sighs> okay, so so then this, that that idea that somebody needs to disclose something starts to frame it in a stigmatized way. Think about the things that we talk about people needing to disclose. HIV statuses. Um, you need to tell the x-ray technician whether you're pregnant. Like, th- these are things we talk about. Uh, cheating. Like, disclosures are always around these things that we have stigmatized. So when you start to say that somebody needs to disclose their trans identity, you are inherently stigmatizing that identity. And first of all, (laughs) nobody has died from someone not revealing their gender identity. People have legit died from somebody not revealing that they're a fucking transphobe. So so who really needs to be um, self-identifying or disclosing is folks who are transphobic. Like to keep the, for the betterment of the community and to keep folks safe. um, That's who needs to be disclosing. And and in in actuality, normalizing something means that you should you shouldn't have to be out here afraid to to disclose your your gender. It it just doesn't make sense. Um, and then I was thinking about why this comparison between race and gender, right? And I think it's because this is the thing when we start to use all these words too much they start to lose their meaning right so when we say that things are social constructs that that means that we as a society have created them they're they're changing that these aren't um inherent things that these are things that we as people um created ideology around and therefore they exist that's what we mean when we say stuff is a social construct Um, That we made it up. We made the shit up, basically. However, semicolon, that does not mean that every social construct is fluid and ever-changing as the other. So, so what I'm saying is the gender, um, the gender binary is relatively new as far as social constructs go. Especially for people of color, gender has always been multifaceted, not a binary. It's always been fluid and we have understood it as such because it is a performance. Gender is a performance. Um, the fact that it is so specifically tied to um, sex, genitals, um, reproductive organs, it has it's relatively new and it has everything to do with policing of people's bodies. And, and I think as folks of color and as black folks, we can all relate to that, whether we're trans or not. Um, the sole reason that race was created as a social construct was for subjugation and oppression like that, like that's it. Um, and so I have a, I have a mental health perspective on this. I know folks who are, Um, like medical and have medical backgrounds might have um, different openings into this. But if you look at the history of psychology, I forget her name, Dr. Joy something. She wrote the um, 
post-traumatic slave syndrome. She even talks about it in there, like this cognitive dissonance that people had to create um, these theories and stuff around in order to justify the atrocities they were committing against people who did not look like them. And so gender, not so much. So even though it's a social construct, it wasn't necessarily created to, to subjugate. Um, it, it just kind of evolved out of the differences of the sexes. And then where it became toxic is that we started um, boxing these things in and literally murdering people because they don't conform to what we think they should according to their sex. Very different than the way race was created. Um, and so because I am a, a therapist and I have this uh, like lineage of race creation, like y'all, there have literally been studies done about intelligence compared across race. To prove that like white is somehow um, superior, and even though those those uh, those studies turned out like nah, you just kind of racist. They still continue to um, to publish these kind of things. I can't tell y'all how many studies I've seen that are just like, oh, black kids performing um, lower on standardized testing or blah blah blah. Like that's that stuff still happens. So this this history of race being created for the sole purpose of subjugation is not that far from us. Like it's still happening. Um, and so Dr. Andrew Winston has this entire book and it's called race racism and the history of psychology. And so, uh, what he does is he, I hope, I hope he is his pronouns. He chronicles the racism throughout psychology in this book. Um, and it was, I'm thinking about baby me that was just starting to get woke. <laughs> like this book was one of those like monumental shifts in the way I even thought about um, psychology, psychotherapy, the theories that are developed, why things are pathologized. How There's another book called How um, Schizophrenia Became a Black Disease. I'm pretty sure that's the name of the book. Um, and so these were all books that started... Um, started me on my way to seeing how intersectionality really plays out in psychology and how race and racism were created solely for the purposes of um, genocide of Native folks and um, of folks across the globe, uh, but particularly in the United States, genocide, um, enslavement of Black folks, and this installment of this fragile thing that we call white supremacy, right? So... These two books I would definitely recommend. So, okay, so um, I feel like I'm getting off topic by talking about these as social constructions, but let me bring it back. Let me bring it back. Because I don't want to get too, like, in my bag, um, in my book shit, <laughs> and lose y'all. Um, so, so this book by Dr. Andrew Winston, um, th there's, like, there's this one specific chapter that talks about um, from the 1900s, really until current day, there's been um, a huge push in the United States uh, for not r mixing races in order to further the myth of black inferiority and white superiority and everybody else sort of falling along in there somewhere. Um, this has never been the case with gender. <laughs> like, th th there's there's never been, like, a mass call for men to no longer... Uh, procreate with women so that so that there would no longer be women on the face of the planet like that that has never happened with gender so there we go again like even though both of these things are social constructs they function very very differently um and so where where there's this idea of like a pure race 
there's there's not really the way patriarchy works is to instill in men that they have the rights to everybody body they body your body my body like that's that's what patriarchy is so so that's the reason why um these gender divides are made to identify who has access to whose body and whose bodies are accessible um and and in ways that racism and race construction as social constructs have never really been um so um and and so following along those same lines why why gender is different than race gender is not inherited like you you don't I'm black because my mama is black. My her mama was black. Her mama was black. Um, there is a there is an ancestral line, lineage you are born into because of your race, and also the way um, that society responds to you because of your race. Although it, it's it it might vary a little bit, you know, the, what it means for me to be black um, in Syracuse, New York, is not the same as what it means for me to be black in Chennai, India. But I am still black. Like, there is this connection across the globe, right? Um, but gender is not inherited. So I am not a woman because my mother is a woman. <laughs> I'm a woman because I identify as a woman. Um, I'm not a woman because my daddy was a woman. Like, that's that, that's not how gender works. Um, we all have our own walks um, to discovering our gender. And that this goes back to me saying gender is a performance because the way that my mama do woman, I don't do woman in the same way. I have two sisters. We all three do, do woman very differently. Um, and so, and although we're all black <laughs> and women, th- those things play out very differently. Um, I'm, I'm not just a woman because my, f- my family is also women like this. What the fuck you think this is? This ain't, um, the Amazons, this, <laughs> this, this is not, uh, what's the island, uh, mascara? Like, we, we ain't all women just because somebody else is a woman. Um, and so that's also, like, teases apart these ideas of gender as a construct and race as a construct. And so another part of your comment was, uh, would we ever get to the point where we think that transracialism is a thing? Um... No. Like, I, I mean, I don't even know how to, how to flush that out anymore. No. You, we've currently seen, we've currently seen that white men are willing to march with tiki torches bought from Home Depot in the streets to preserve race, um, and white supremacy. So, nah. Uh, and, and so there, there have been deadly implications for, you know what? This is it, and I'm going to wrap it up. Um, so I grew up with this story of my grand- great-grandmother and her twin sister being the only ones out of their sibling group who were able to pass, pass meaning pass is white. And this is also interesting because we use similar language around um, trans identities, talking about passing um, as if it's some sort of privilege. No, it's protection. So I gr- anyway, I grew up with this story of my great grandmother being able to pass as white so that she can get on the train and her and her twin sister moved to uh, Brooklyn, New York, where, you know, the rest in the rest is history. Like, that's where my family is from. Um, but had had they been caught or found out that they were not, in fact, white, they wouldn't have been allowed on the train and would most likely have would have most likely have been murdered. And so when we talk about this idea of transracialism, it has never worked um, in the trickle up. Like black people, 
being able to quote unquote pass into whiteness has has had like deadly side effects. Like if 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 you are found out to in fact be of black ancestry, um, you will probably be murdered. But but when we talk about transracialism now, we always want to talk about white people um, disavowing their white privilege and coming over here into the people of color camp. That's not how any of this works. Y'all set up this system in which, like, I have to hide my blackness in order to just go from Georgia to Brooklyn. But then y'all want to come up here and be like, oh, well, um, it looked kind of popping over here. You know, I really like those vines y'all be making. So let me come over here and get some of this blackness. That is not how this works. <laughs> like, no, there is an, there is a whole experience that you will never have as a white person because of white supremacy. And and if it doesn't work in equal, so it's not an equal exchange. If it doesn't work in the reverse, then then it is impossible for you, kind white person. Like, no, trans transracialism, no, is a no for me, dog. Um, so I know that was really long winded, but I I I just like. I don't know. I feel like it lit something in me because it's like everybody always want to talk about trans this, trans that, except for actual trans people. Like, like y'all, y'all really in this? This they ain't a theory. This ain't no no hypothetical shit. Like people are literally here screaming for you to do nothing else but respect their right to live, and y'all are up here like, nah, homie, I can't do that. I, I just, I don't know what else I would have to say, what, what, how many more podcasts I would have to make uh, to explain that. And and then also this part, right? Like, I ain't transphobic, but as soon as you hit that but, some transphobic shit is to follow. So comparing trans people to animals, comparing trans folks to transracial, Rachel Dolezal type stuff. All of those things are dehumanizing and discrediting to tra- actual trans people who are out here like, all we trying to do is for ha- to have y'all dumb asses <laughs> um, not murder us just simply because of who we are, which is what so many groups are saying. It's not about tricking nobody and, oh my God, I'm so sick of hearing that. Um, like we, y'all, y'all out here tricking people because I thought you were a person with actual common sense and damn it, it turns out you not, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna stab you or shoot your ass because I found out you don't have common sense or you, um, you know, watching hidden colors when you go home (laughs) on some Umar Johnson shit. I'm like, that's not what I'm doing to you. I'm giving you the, the space and opportunity to still have a life and that's all I'm asking for my trans siblings. So, I I popped off on this. I really didn't think I was going to go this long on that. But, yeah, that's all I had to say. Thanks for the comment. (laughs) Okay, so I didn't want to end this episode on, like, a me going on another cis people ain't shit rant. Um, And I have been struggling to find, you know, the glitter in the days these days because... You know, um, I told y'all, like, my friend group took a big hit with a loss. Everybody's been in just straight-up organizing activism mode because uh, white people getting buck. So, um, it's been really hard to find, like, little pieces of joy. And so, the funniest thing that I can find in my life 
is my dating life. So and a lot of y'all responded to me about the, the dating um, s- stories from the last episode. So I wanted to end this episode again with another dating story. So, so for those of you who um, don't know, there's an app called Her and it's for queer women. Um, you can't, sadly, you know, I wish every app would adopt um, the okay Cupid thing and where you can limit it by race because it would greatly improve my life if I never had to interact with queer white women on these apps because y'all are gross, fucking disgusting. They're going to show up to a damn rally. Go sit your ass down. I know the kind of messages you be sending black lesbians. Get out of my face. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so I was on her and um, I matched with this girl, right? 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 Um, she's super, you know, she's super cute. She's black, which is very rare on her. Um, and so we talked for a little while, just, um, like texting really quickly and it, it quick, I'm not texting, messaging on the app and it quickly moved to Snapchat and then texting. Right. So I'm like, Oh, you know, send me a Snapchat. So I like to do that just to verify because sometimes white people will make a fake account with um, a person of color's picture. Um, stay out of our spaces. God damn it. Um, <laughs> so anyway, I moved it to Snapchat. So that I could make verify that she was really a black girl. She was a black girl. She was cute. You know. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Um, and so we talked on Snapchat. You know how Snapchat gives you the emoji for every day that you talk to somebody. So I think it's first like a heart. Then it's a smiley face. Then it's like a big grin face. Then it's a flame. And, you know, then your flames start getting numbers next to it. Yeah. So if we was we was on that level of snapping each other. It was probably seven days in a row, like constantly snapping each other. Right. Um, and so to me, this is like we committed. <laughs> I don't do something. For, I don't I don't do anything for seven days in a row. And I've been talking to you for seven days in a row. Okay. Um, and it was sort of flirty. Like I'm, if y'all can't tell, I'm very, um, awkward. So, so my flirtation is a little bit different. Um, I think what I do is like pick at people, (laughs) um, and like kind of make fun of something that they're interested in. Um, that's how I flirt. And so I felt like I was being flirtatious, but she was definitely saying stuff, you know, that, that was directly flirtatious. Like, Oh, I wish I was snuggling with you right now watching that. Or, I, you know, like stuff like that. So I'm like, oh, cool. This is this is amazing because she's in the area. Um, she's seems uh, sane. So, <laughs> so I'm like, okay, this is cool. So like, let's meet up. So we met up for a coffee. And I need to stop meeting people for coffee because I feel like this is when it goes wrong. I need a little bit more commitment, like maybe a salad or something. Um, or coffee is good because it gives me a good reason to leave. Like the coffee is gone. I need to go because this went south very quickly. So I went into the coffee shop thinking, okay, me and her going to be cutesy. You know, um, it's going to be like flirtatious. Like it had been on Snapchat. And so when I walked in, <laughs> y'all, when I walked in, I reached out to hug her and she, I, I was a little bit far. You know how you go in for a hug. You don't go in for a hug immediately right up to somebody. So I was a little bit far. I went in for a hug and she stuck her hand out and it like pointed into my chest. <laughs> like like her fingertips were touching 
my chest. And I was like, oh, wow, you just want to shake hands. So I backed up and shook her hand. I'm like, wow, that was super awkward. Uh, and then and we didn't even get coffee yet. So I was like, okay, this is not going to be smooth at all. So we get coffee, we sit down, we're talking about Snapchat, our favorite filters, um, how we want to dismantle patriarchy, you know, regular first date shit. Um, And then she starts talking about her dating history in Syracuse and how it's been so bad. Um, And I'm like, yeah, girl, it's pretty rough here. Uh, you're like really the first or second black woman that I've seen on her. And she's like, yeah, I don't really get on there much. Um, because you know, I mostly date guys. Um, and I was like, oh, okay. And so, you know, me queer is an umbrella term for me. It's inclusive of all kind of, um, non hetero or like whatever sexualities. So, you know, I'm making space for that. Like, okay, she's somewhere on the bi pan, um, spectrum. Okay, cool whatever, whatever. So we still talking and she continues to say, you know, yeah. Cause you know, my ex is a guy. Um, I date men. Uh, Ooh, and he cute, you know, like pointing out people in the coffee shop. Um, I don't know why, but I do this thing about celebrity crushes mostly because I want to see if, uh, anybody else is crushing on Sid, the kid, because if they are, then I have to take them out, you know? So I don't have any more competition. But, <laughs> okay, I really need to stop joking about Sid because she going to block me. I keep um, screenshotting her snaps. She going to block me. But Okay, but anyway, um, so, yeah, so asking about celebrity crushes, and she said um, two guys. What was one? one? of them I didn't know, some white dude, and Kofi Sirabu, I think is his last name, the guy who was in Girls Trip, um, you know, with the beard. Um, this is how gay I am, y'all. Like, he's, he, I can appreciate a beautiful person. He's beautiful. He's, like, really chocolatey, but, um, I think his beard is his most attractive <laughs> feature. Um, and it, like, goes no further past it. So, every time somebody be like, ooh, Kofi, I'm like, with the beard? Yeah. Okay. So, let me get back to this. Uh, y'all, I get sidetracked so quick. That's why I really need to take make bullet points for my episodes anyway so we're sitting there talking about our celebrity crushes um i'm talking about tank from tank and the bangers and sid the kid and she's talking about these two guys right um and so then i was like oh well when was your last relationship with a woman and she said oh i don't i'm not into women like really quick y'all so i was just like oh so when was your last relationship oh i'm not into women I was like, oh, so you've never been in a relationship with a woman. Because that's really common. Like, I know a lot of bisexual women who have only been in, like, relationships with guys and have only had sex with women, um, and who, but who haven't had a relationship or haven't had a, a sex or a relationship with women, but they identify as bisexual. And so I'm like, oh, okay, so you've just never been in a relationship with a woman. She's like, no, I'm not into women. And immediately my petty kicked in, and I was like, I should pull up this little flame with a four next to it and be like, so what the fuck was all of these snaps, bitch? And see, that's how Snapchat will get. And I should have recognized the signs. So how Snapchat will get you fucked up because it deletes everything. So she will never have to claim that she talked to me for seven days in a row and then arranged to have coffee with me, you know? 
Um, oh, but I save shit. Um, I, I just, I don't only save it on Snapchat to be petty. I save it because really I don't read that fast. <laughs> and so I need to save it in order to have time to go back and actually read it. And sometimes my phone fucks up and it'll think that I read it and I really didn't. And then it, the message is gone and I have to respond to people. Girl, I see your snap. What did that say? I was like, really? You're not into women? She was like, no. Remind y'all, we matched on her. Her is a queer women's dating app. It used to be called the lesbian dating app. And then we realized like, oh, there's more women who are queer who don't identify as lesbians. So it's, it's directly there. Like in the app, did you, did it not occur to her? Oh, wow. There are no men on this site. Maybe I should (laughs) take my ass elsewhere. And so I asked her, I was just like, oh, I assume because her, you know, she was like, um, yeah, I hardly ever get on there. Um, and I just, you know, I just like, basically, I just like swiping people, liking and, and Xing pictures. And I was like, bitch, I don't buy it. But she's 32. So I'm really not trying to do this anymore. Like, White supremacy is trying to burn the damn country down. And y'all still worried about coming out and kissing a bitch? Like, for real? Like, that's that's like the least of my concerns right now. And I know I say that from a very privileged place. Being able to be out. Um, I, I'm sitting up in New York City. But, bitch, so is she. Um, and I just don't understand, like, how... How you're on a lesbian, queer women dating app. Because you, quote, unquote, like liking and swiping pictures but you're not into women and and I'm like girl you asked to cuddle me you was talking all this shit about wish I was there when I'm laying in the bed you know so I'm like you're so you're not into women at all no so I thought she was trying to pull one of them Glory Johnson shits and that that's a super deep throwback lesbian reference I will understand if none of y'all get it but Glory Johnson is Brittany Griner's (laughs) ex-wife And she claimed that she was not attracted to women at all. She was just only attracted to Britney. All right, all right, all right. Maybe Britney got that magical whatever. So you just only attracted to her. All right. And sexuality is fluid. Cool. Um. So I was thinking maybe this girl is on this tip. So, okay, you're not attracted to women, but you were interested in me. And she was like, oh, no, I'm just in Syracuse trying to make friends. Like, um, my program is only... X amount, however long it is, she's in one of those like intensive programs where she leaves real quick. I'm like, what? Make friends on a dating app? Is is? I've never asked one of my friends if I could come um, cuddle them in bed or join them in a shower or anything like that. I'm like, girl, you was clearly flirting with me on Snapchat, and you lucky I ain't save all them snaps because I probably screenshot them shits and put them up as the uh, picture for this uh, this episode. You lucky, you lucky, my petty ain't that popping yet i'm trying still trying to step up my petty game (laughs) but yeah it just blew me away and so as she's as she kept continuing to describe how she's not interested in women um you know just oh yeah don't you just think it's fun to like and swipe people's pictures like i just think that's so fun no it's it's not fun for me i'm out here actually uh drowning in this syracuse dating pool because it sucks and there's there's no options here. Um, so I got kind of mad. I'm not going to lie, y'all. I felt like she wasted my time and 
I'm just sick of faux heteros doing that. So, um, so I just finished my coffee and was like, well, I guess it's about that time. Um, and the good thing is, you know, we, we still, um, got shitty ass parking regulations here. So I'm like, oh, you know, it's 6 p.m. You know, you got to switch sides at 6 p.m. I better get out of here, girl. Deuces. And I left her sitting right there at that table. Um. So if you saw a lonely 32-year-old black woman sitting in a coffee shop in Syracuse the other night, it's because I left her ass there. Um, It's funny because when she first did the handshake thing, I was like, oh, she curved me. Like, damn, I got curved again. Um, The curse of the curve strikes again. But by the end of it, I felt like, fuck you. And I curved her, in fact. (laughs) Um, So the curved becomes the curver. Uh... But yeah, I don't. I just don't know what to make of folks anymore, y'all. Um, I'm feeling like I need to be on my Molly Stees and just not be as pressed anymore. I won't even say I'm pressed. I just honestly think that dating is fun. I don't know how fucked up that sounds, but I think it's fun. Like getting to know people. I love having like the butterflies at the beginning of relationships. Um, the 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 awkward question asking phase. I love that part. So, I don't know. I just think it's fun. But these people are perpetually weird. Um, and I'm over it. I'm done with it. So, I hope that was a lighter note to end, end this episode on. That your girl curved back. Woo, woo. <laughs> I feel better about it anyway. Um, I don't know if y'all do. Um, so, that's going to end this episode. Uh, this is shocking that I think this one's going to come in under an hour, too. I know folks was like, what? It's under an hour? Yeah, I know it's bi-weekly, but um, it's kind of short these days because, you know, submit a topic and I might pop off a little bit longer. But that's it. That's going to do it for me. Y'all can catch me at Melanated Money on everything. M-E-L-A-N-A-T-E-D, money. And don't forget to hit Queer Walk Up and tell me what you think of the episodes. Um Please, y'all, give me some advice on this uh, dating shit. Have you ever dealt with faux heteros before? Um, Yeah, and I'm out of here. I need to actually get ready for this trip to the city for the Bonfire Radio Audio Festival. So I'm out, y'all. Deuces.